0: So much hype, so much raised expectations after Syracuse started the season 4-0 with wins over Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue, and Army in succession, and a Clemson team that frankly looked as vulnerable as as it has been over the past few years, an unimpressive showing against Duke in Week 1, blowing a game against Florida State Week 4 to the point where the Orange were only one-score underdogs, but... The final score would indicate otherwise a 31-14 to 14 Clemson victory over Syracuse. Welcome into Fizz Spaces. I'm Liam Griffin. I tweeted the game for Fizz and wrote our recap article. I have Francesco Simone on alongside me and Adam Gawkin with us virtually. I'll kick things off, and then I'll let you two voice your opinions. Frankly, the final result of this game is not exactly indicative of the talent disparity on the field today. Yes, Clemson has all these four- and five-star players, but at the same time, it wasn't the might of Clemson that propelled the Tigers to victory. It was, frankly, Syracuse's ineptitude when it came to discipline. Coaching decisions, penalties, and just, frankly, bad fundamental football all around really doomed the Orange from the get-go. Francesco, you called the game for WAER. What did you see from the booth? Partly is what you just said, Liam, in
1: terms of the penalties and the turnovers. Obviously, Garrett Schrader had three of them, which, I mean, he said in the press conference is something you cannot do if you want to be Clemson. But to me, Liam, well, I'll disagree with you a little bit, especially in the third quarter. This was a Syracuse team that was, especially offensively, physically outmatched by a more talented Clemson team. The offensive line was not moving anybody, they were shuffling guys around left and right. Um, I thought Clemson was the more dominant team today. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And yes, did Syracuse make mistakes? Sure. Even if Syracuse has no turnovers, Clemson still wins.
0: No, the offensive line, Francisco, was abysmal. And a lot of the talk going into the game was about Clemson's front seven. Could it it stop the Orange? And Adam Gotkin will let you have your voice heard.
2: I mean, look, you you told me I was crazy earlier in the week for saying that it would be Clemson 38, Syracuse 10. 31-14 isn't that far off. I'm not that surprised. Like Francesco said, the Tigers just physically outmatched the Orange, especially in the second half. It was a couple kind of you know gadget plays that you weren't expecting that got Syracuse their touchdowns. You know, big Dan Vellari play, and you you just you can't rely on that to beat a good football team when you make as many mistakes as you do, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Welcome to Syracuse football under Dean Babers. Same issues as last year. Same issues as the year before. Penalties after penalties. I mean, today it was nine penalties for 92 yards, and it felt like most of them were in bad spots on third downs when they really could not afford to give up penalties. I mean, this is classic Syracuse football to me.
0: Adam, I think you mentioning the gadget plays is really interesting, and here's why. In the fourth quarter, we saw Dan Bellari line up in the Wildcat as the quarterback not once, But twice. First play, got a few yards, but didn't really have that success you were looking for. Then on the second play, Syracuse gets called for a false start. To the surprise of absolutely no one. And the stupid penalties in this game were running amok throughout. I mean, Francesco, there was a running into the kicker, multiple pass interference penalties and a couple of false starts on the edge of the goal line.
1: To me, the false interference, the, the false interference, the, the pass interference penalties were not necessarily something you could have avoided because a lot of them, if you don't have those penalties, Clemson is scoring a touchdown on that play. So that goes back to the whole, the corners couldn't cover the Clemson receivers and Syracuse's receivers couldn't get by Clemson's corners. But in terms of the one that sticks out the most to me was the Marlowe Wax late hit out of bounds on the right sideline in the second quarter. Um, yeah, again, just a penalty that doesn't need to be done. It kind of, Brings back the memories of Elijah Fuentes-Cundiff a year ago. Um, and, yeah, you, you mentioned the the false start on the goal line. Went Allen ends up scoring a touchdown anyway, but still it just shows you it's certainly not something that you'll want to do. Um, yeah, listen, were penalties a problem? Absolutely they were, and you're playing a Clemson team, who is very well coached by Dabo Sweeney, very very much a disciplined football team, and they showed that
0: today. You mentioned that Elijah Fuentes-Cundiff penalty. Uh, that really felt like deja vu because in not exactly an identical situation, but Syracuse... Trying to get back into the game. It forces a stop on a third down and forever. But the only thing is that penalty costs them big time. But, Adam, another key element of this game that really isn't getting taught, probably will get talked about a lot coaching decisions. Yeah. Why on earth did Brady Denenberg kick that 57 yard field goal? 57. Adam, I have no. Why? Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Why? 57 yards. I mean, It's right near the end of the half, and it was, what, like three minutes left? Pin Clemson deep. Why are you giving them the ball at their own 39-yard line with good field position where, boom, they can go score a touchdown? Pin them deep, make it hard for them, and then, okay, maybe you go in the half down by just a touchdown. And, yeah, Clemson starts with the ball, but you're not in a bad spot whatsoever. Was he really expecting him to make it from 57 yards? It it was on target, but... The leg just wasn't there, and it's in a dome. It's not wind that stopped him. It, 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 it should have been Dino knowing, okay, look, my guy can't hit it from 57 because basically no kicker in college football can. If Brandy Denenberg is hitting it from 57, throw him in the NFL already. It, it just it made no sense at all. It gives Temp, uh, Clemson good field position, and then boom, four plays later. It was just two incomplete passes. It only took two real plays, and – Boom, they score a touchdown. It's 21-7 going into the half. And it's just why. It, it makes Adam, I think you lost me there most- for
0: a second, but you kind of beat around the bush on what I was going to talk about. The fact that it only took Clemson only a number of plays to get into the end zone, and it was on a deep touchdown as well. So I really don't know what good Dino thought could come out of Denver making that field goal. You're playing against Clemson, a perennial powerhouse in the ACC. You can't expect there to be – no nerves when kicking a field goal of that magnitude. You know, if he was from 40, 45, heck even 47, I'd be okay with it. But 57 is a lot to ask from a professional kicker, Adam. And while we're on the topic of talking about coaching, I thought this is far and away, far and away, the worst coach game of the year. And it's not particularly close because when you talk about the penalties, you talk about the bad decisions, but it's the slow start. Once again, that is absolutely killer. Schrader ran the ball three times on his first four plays. Wounds up getting absolutely decked on the third one. He doesn't look the same the rest of the game. And the fact that is running three times on the opening drive alone isn't a good sign. But then your defense allows Thompson to march down the field and score. This is becoming a habit. Slow starts. It's I'm searching for answers, Adam, because I don't know how this team consistently comes out slow out of the gate.
2: No, it's bad. <laughs> and then we were expecting, okay, you know what? Here are the halftime adjustments. That's what's been talked about all year. Rocky Long is going to make these adjustments at the half. And, well, first drive out of the break, Clemson goes down, and they put points on the board from a field goal. It's just, it's bad. I, I will say this. The one thing I did like from this game coaching-wise was how they used Dan Villari. I think, I think it was me and you who we, we did a fizz five at the start of the year, Liam. Um, And I said Dan Valarie was going to be my breakout player because of stuff like that. He's an athlete. You can put him in the wildcat. You can have him throw a pass on a, not a flea flicker, but on a trick play like they did and have him make those big receptions. I liked that. And I feel like maybe we start to see the offense open up more because if not, and if the offense is just what we saw in the rest of the game with LaQuinn Allen not being able to run the ball and drops from Donovan Brown and all that type of stuff, then they're not going to have much success at all. You kind of need those plays from dan valari or at least someone to step up
0: francesco another slow start out of the gate what are your thoughts on that
1: turnovers right it all all goes back to that you got the garrett Schrader fumble when he got absolutely lit up around the clemson 45 yard line he got evaluated for a concussion after that play was okay though stayed in the ball game but you got to hold on to the football right you got to get down a little bit earlier maybe you don't need those extra couple of yards just slide right then they can't hit you then there was the the option pitch to Allen. It wasn't a terrible pitch. Allen probably should have caught it, but not an easy play for him. Then you fumble it there as well. Again, you give Clemson the football. Bad things are going to happen. You give Clemson the football twice in the first 10 minutes of the game. They scored a couple of touchdowns off of it. Yeah, really bad things happen.
0: Last thing I've got for both of you and Francesco, I'll start with you heading into North Carolina next week. You're facing probably a top 20 football team with the preseason player of the year in Drake May. I mean, how do you adjust from this game and then prepare for maybe one of the toughest games of the season?
1: Well, if, if I had the answer to that, I'd be coaching the team and making a lot more money than I do right now. But it's, it's certainly not easy, right? Because you've got, like you said, North Carolina is a good football team. They're a top 20 team. Drake May is going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft next year. So, listen, you've got to do your best. You're on the road. Then after that, you go to Florida State, by the way, which is a team that can very well make the college football playoff. Listen, if we're being honest, it's going to be really tough to win the next couple of games. Then you got to buy a bye week, and then you got the Virginia Techs, the Boston Colleges, the Georgia Techs, the pits of the world, which is kind of the bottom half of the ACC. So you try to survive the next couple of games. Make sure your players are healthy coming out of these next couple of games. If you steal one, awesome. If not, you're still in line to go to a bowl game.
0: Yeah, Adam, this was the first of three Murderer's Row games for the Cues when you look at the schedule. You had Clemson today, North Carolina next week, then Florida State in Tallahassee. Not an easy stretch upcoming, and it starts with a really good Tar Heels team.
2: It's going to be hard. Uh, The Orange just have to stay alive through it because there's brighter days ahead when you get out of it. You you have to find a way, I think, to try and just keep it close against UNC. You don't need to win either of these games. I mean, you can be a team that's top 25 in the country, and no one's going to fault you for losing at North Carolina and at Florida State, but... You have to keep it close. You can't get embarrassed. You can't lose by 40 or 50 points. How are you going to do that? That's a great question. I I think the big thing is going to be getting to Drake May, forcing pressure. He's been sacked nine times in four games. He's thrown four interceptions already this year. I think if you get to Drake May, maybe some things can happen. But it's just, I think, going to be about playing fundamental football. Don't beat yourself up. And if you can do that, then... You know, the morale Adam, can be. I lost you again,
0: but I'll the... wrap things up oh. by saying even if the Orange don't necessarily win these games, these games against Carolina and Florida State feel like a telltale of how the rest of the season is going to go. If you get your bottoms beaten very badly, then you can't really expect victories against the Virginia Techs, the Boston Colleges, the Pittsburghs of the world. Because as bad as their records may or may not be, it's still ACC football. Anybody can beat anybody on a given day. Boston College played Florida State down to the wire two weeks ago. So, a disappointing loss today. You have to shake it off, move on quickly, because the Tar Heels will eat the Orange alive if they are not ready for it. Syracuse and North Carolina kick off at 3.30 next Saturday. Follow us on x at OrangeFizz for updates throughout, and be sure to check out TheOrangeFizz.com. For all of our articles leading up to the game about football, basketball, and recruiting, and of course, our weekly Fizz 5. Once again, Syracuse Falls to Clemson, 31-14. I'm Liam Griffin. Thanks so much for joining us on this Fizz Space, and go Orange.